Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Back here on WrestleRant Radio for January 20th, 2022. Graham G.S. Matthews here, as always, being joined by the one, the only, the illustrious Mr. Marceau. A lot to get to here today between Raw, NXT, and Dynamite. Some other news and notes from WWE and AEW as well. Per usual, pretty standard show this week. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing well, GSM. How are you? Doing well as well. Uh, we got a lot to get to, like I said, especially on the Gunther front. We got a lot to talk about from Dynamite. We just went on an hour rant off the air about a lot of what we just saw last night. Not to say that WWE is perfect by any means. We'll get to Raw probably right away. Um, but there really, it was quite the eventful week, I would say, from a wrestling standpoint. Yeah, I, th- I thought. I, I mean, I didn't really hate Raw. I mean, I thought Raw was decent, and NXT. I thought it was probably one of their better overall shows, and Dynamite was. Dynamite. We'll get to that later, but no, I mean, I I, I think we're in for a good, a good a good talk here. I think so as well. It feels like it happened a week ago at this point because it's been four days. But again, a lot has happened in the last I would say forty eight hours alone between the end of NXT and Dynamite last night. Um, but we do got to mention this before we get in a raw from Monday. Mustafa Ali or Mustafa Ali, as he was being uh, pronounced as towards the end of his WWE run, uh, requesting his release from WWE via Twitter on Sunday. I mean, obviously he he didn't. That wasn't his like. Request, but you know what I mean. Like he announced that he was requesting his release on Twitter on Sunday. We even seen him on the show. I think since November. Um, I know he had said that he was off for a week or two due to maternity leave, but Fightful Selected clarified that he'd only asked for a week or two off, and they gave him like three months off. I mean, more power to the guy for getting paid and being home with his newborn, but. Beyond that, though, if he wants to be back on the show contributing in some sort of role, then put him back on the show, and God knows SmackDown could use it right now. I mean, we've talked about SmackDown quite a bit here lately. Uh, we, again, we don't do the SmackDown reviews here on the show because it's kind of a little bit far removed from Fridays. Um, but, you know, I've said a lot myself lately that SmackDown is struggling from a star standpoint, like Tony Storm quitting last month, Jeff Hardy getting fired about a month or two ago, um, Roman Reigns being out with COVID for only a week, but he's back now. Drew McIntyre being hurt currently. King Woods is out with an injury currently. Sasha Banks is out injured. And Mustafa Ali, not that it's a big blow to the SmackDown roster. It's not like he was in a top program on the show like Tony Storm was before she got, you know, before she left or Jeff Hardy was before he got fired. Um, but he's a guy I think that could have contributed a lot more. Could he have been a WWE champion? I don't know. And I don't want to say no because it, well, I'll say he, I say he could have because I feel like there was a decent chance they might've gone with Brian and Ali at WrestleMania 35 and it could have been him in that spot instead. Would it have resonated as well as the Kofi moment? Probably not because Kofi was there for 10 years and you know, it was just a totally different story, but, um, Still, it was it was a big moment when when Kofi won the championship and Ali kind of had that rob from him. And we really haven't seen much from him since. I mean, they did the whole retribution thing, which was fucking terrible. We've talked about that here before. Um, I was corrected yesterday when I had said that all 
Retribution members, aside from Dominic Dijakovic, were canned, except for uh, Mace as well, I had forgotten, and I forgot he was even still on the roster, at least as of right now, but um, going back to Ali, I don't know, I just think the guy was a great wrestler, and I really think, again, could he have been a top-tier star on the, on the show right now? Probably not, but I feel like he was a guy that they could have done a lot more with, especially right now on SmackDown, where they're really struggling in the mid-card and upper mid-card, and I don't know, especially as a babyface, I felt like he really could have been, had they built him up enough, a fun mini TV feud for a guy like Roman Reigns. So it is disappointing, far from surprising. I mean, we haven't seen the guy in the show real, really at all lately, um, even up until he had requested the maternity leave, or paternity leave, rather. He was barely on the show. So uh, I don't know, I just thought that was a bummer, but I can't seem surprised to see him also request his release from WWE. I, I would assume it's going to be granted. It's just more a matter of when than if. Uh, but what are your situa- or what are your thoughts on the situation? Yeah, I mean, I think he was good. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he did have that momentum, like you said, going into WrestleMania 35. I mean, seemingly could have been him. But besides that, they'd never really push him to the, the point. I mean, I think the retribution stuff could have worked, but they just didn't make it as goofy and stupid as it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It seemed like they kept like going on. I mean, even like the Monsoor pairing, I thought it was fine. Like, they needed more tag teams, and they kind of seemingly dropped out. He turned heel again, and then... We hadn't really seen him since then, so I, I thought he was good in the ring. Do I think he's a bigger player on SmackDown? Probably if they booked him correctly, but I mean, I, I don't think I would see him as this big outbreaking star, but I, I think he had a couple opportunities. It just didn't seem like they really went the way they probably should have to help him at all. Like I, said, I think even the pairing with Monsoor was fine because it was something that probably could have been needed at the time, but mm-hmm. they kind of moved on from that quickly and just seemed like every time he got an opportunity, they, they squandered it and now he's looking to be released so i mean i like you said more than more time time of than when i mean it's gonna happen but i mean just like a lot of people i think he could have had a better career but just things just weren't the cards just weren't right for him yeah it's just weird to me it's not even like he was on the show like cesaro was on the show most weeks and he's underutilized but it's not like he's not on the show like ali wasn't even on the show and smackdown's in a spot right now where they need people i, I don't care even what they're doing with them i mean it would be nice if they used them properly but like, they need people. They need women. We haven't seen... Have you seen Zia Lee on the back of a milk carton lately? What happened to her? I I thought she was on a show recently, but maybe <laughs> she was, and I don't remember. At least in vignette form. Maybe she was a few weeks ago. I haven't seen her lately, and, and they were pushing that pretty hard. And I like Zia Lee, so that's weird that she hasn't been on the show. But it's just... I, I don't know. Like, they're doing the Cesaro and Sheamus and Ridge Holland stuff, and Ali could have been plugged in there somewhere. Ricochet is barely on the show. Like, they could have done the Ricochet-Ali stuff again. I don't know, man. It's just weird to me. Like, they never, we never got the Kofi Ali feud they were doing about a year ago. Like, they were doing New Day versus Retribution for about a month or two. We never actually got that Ali Kofi one on one match. And then they moved on. <laughs> that was it. And I think they had New Day going to WrestleMania for a Raw Tag Team title feud instead. Um, like, they could have done that now on SmackDown. Kofi instead is doing the dumb Sir Kofi stuff and feuding with, with Happy Corbin, which. That stuff last week was just terrible, so I don't know. To not be able to find a role for this guy on the show very much surprises me, and it might be a case more of where I think it was also included in the report from Fightful Select that Vince wanted him to do something that that Mustafa wouldn't have wanted to do, probably something stereotypical, racially motivated, who knows, but uh, knowing that they had applied a trademark for a Nazi Germany name, you know, inspired name on NXT, thankfully, which is what they're not going with, we'll get to that later. Um, I can't say I'm too surprised by that, also given this company's track record, but I don't know, I guess there was a big blow up there between Ali and Vince, and maybe that contributed to him not being on the show, who knows, but it's just a shame, because I feel like they could have had, again, 
Could he be a main eventer right now? Probably not, but at least be used on the show in some capacity. With as bare as the rosters are, they need as many people as they can get, and uh, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So hopefully he gets granted. If he wants out, hopefully they'll give it to him. Uh, what do you see the future holding for him? I feel like we see this with all the free agents. Like, oh, Tony Storm requested a release. Could she go to AEW? Obviously, AEW is the obvious choice, but I feel like the guy's a great talent. You would think that AEW would make a spot on the roster for a guy like him. I just don't see any obvious spot for him right now on that show, unless they put him in stable X, Y, or Z. I don't know. I mean, he may not even want to do anything wrestling-related. He might um, you know, want to go off and do... Uh, some of the other stuff he's been doing with, uh, I I, I can't find the word for it, but like humanitarian type stuff like Sami Zayn does um, that has nothing to do with wrestling at all. But is there any one place that you look at and and think to yourself that would be a good spot for Ali or or is it more of a wait-and-see approach, you think? No, I mean, I think if he's going to stay in wrestling, I mean, honestly, I feel like he could maybe make a name for himself in the X Division of TNA or Impact. Yeah, I I agree. I think he'd be a perfect perfect fit there. I mean, AEW, I mean... Is he going to be in the Har- <laughs> Andrade Hardy family office? No, thank <laughs> If I was him, I'd, I would maybe try to get, go to Impact, maybe try to get in that X Division scene and maybe try to replenish his name a little bit and kind of get his stock back up. But besides that, I mean, I don't want to see him in, a- in AEW. I just feel like he would be on dark and elevation just like every other guy they've just signed. And that's not even in addition to the fact of all the other people that are soon to become free agents in the next month, people like Keith Lee, Karrion Cross. Um, Isaiah Swerve Scott's another one, among the other many other people that were released back in November. Ember Moon, Mia Yim, maybe if they sign her, who I feel like would be better fit in Impact personally. But, I mean, the, the women's division's different. Uh, the men, they just have way too many men. It's it's quite ridiculous how many men they have on the roster. Um, anyway, but I think Ali is great. Hopefully he can contribute positively to wherever he ends up, whether it's wrestling-related or not. But let's get to Raw on Monday. Um, I didn't think it was the worst show. I thought it was significantly weaker, I thought, from recent Raws and and I say this every week, the shows themselves are, from a general sense, not great. But by Raw standards and what I've been accustomed to seeing for the better part of the past two years, I thought Raw lately has been better and it's more bearable than it's been. So therefore, I enjoy the shows more. Like, a lot of things have purpose. Um, we're not getting as many of the same shit every single week. Some of the progress- some of the progression of some of the feuds hasn't been great. Like, the Miz, Maurice, Edge, and Phoenix stuff is pretty basic stuff. Um, but it's not, we, we aren't being, we're not seeing the same awful stuff that we were a couple of months ago. Not everything on these shows is great, but we are getting some quality matches here and there. For example, Austin Theory and Finn Balor, I thought had a decent match this week. They had a rematch from a couple of weeks ago. Theory picks up the clean win. He seems like someone they're poising to be a top star on that show, probably by the end of the year, if not United States champion, hopefully by WrestleMania. Whereas the other end of the spectrum with Finn Balor came out this week per, I think it was ProWrestlingNews.co, one of the more decently reliable sources, that Vince absolutely does not see Finn Balor as a top star whatsoever. Can you talk a little bit about what you see in Austin Theory as a future prospect on the show versus how they've been booking Balor a little bit lately? No, I I think, I mean, once Theory started teaming up with um, basically being like Vince's like kind of henchman. I don't even know what the hell he is. He's just getting advice from Vince. So. Yeah, his pupil or something? Started, I don't know, yeah. Once they started doing that, I mean, there's clearly some interest because Vince the one that runs the company. He's been on the show more than he has ever ever since he got called in the main roster. And I mean, I think he has everything. I think he has all the tools in the in the tool shed. I think he, he has the, the basics down. He has the facials. He has everything. He has the size that, that, that they'd like. And I can see what I see. I can see what they they see in him because I think a lot of people see a lot of potential in him. I, I think 
once they signed him to XT, I think anyone with two eyes could see that this kid had a lot of potential. He's young. And uh, I just think he is more of what the WWE wants. And Finn is just kind of like that indie guy that they just, I guess, don't see anything with. I, I feel like if they're not going to do the demon stuff. He's just another guy to them. I think the demon stuff could, like, if they went full demon, I feel like maybe they'd, they'd see a little bit more in him. But him as his own, I could just see them seeing him as just another vanilla small guy that's just, just there. And I think Finn's better than that. And I just, his size definitely doesn't help him in giant land. And it's not like Austin Theory's a huge guy, but at least he's bigger. And I think he, he fits their like superhero or big guy mold more than Finn does. So maybe if they go more towards the demon aspect, maybe it can be used a little bit better. But besides that, I just, I think it's tough sliding for Finn right now. Yeah, on the theory front, uh, the Vince stuff, I mean, has obviously gotten him on TV more. I would probably be more okay with it if they utilized Vince in a different way. When I say they, I mean I mean him, because obviously he's booking this stuff. But, like, whatever segments they're doing backstage, just, one, are not good. Two, the camera work is just bizarre. Like, they zoom in, and it's just weird. And three, Vince looks just not good. He just does not look good at all on TV. So if they wanted to do something else with that, maybe. I don't know if Vince has to be a regular on Raw at this point. Um, it is what it is, but still, I think at least theory is benefiting in some form or fashion. As far as Balor goes, I think it was included in that same report that there was a pitch to turn him heel. Like you mentioned the demon stuff and that obviously might make him more special. The thing is, is that Balor, you know, for all the indie guys that don't do well in WWE, as far as like they don't get over and whatever, like theory isn't getting great reaction so far. Like they're building him up and they're trying and they're trying to get him over pre same thing. Crowds aren't super into him, but they're, they're getting there. I think. Balor already has that built-in connection with the audience, and even as just Finn Balor, he's just another guy, like you said, but at least he's over, and people really like Finn Balor, like the whole hand thing, people go nuts for that shit, and especially since we haven't seen him in a couple of years in the main roster, people are kind of more into him than they were previously, because we haven't seen him in so long, um, but like I said, I think there was a pitch to turn him heel, which you mentioned the demon thing, but I think also turning him heel would be a great idea, because that was what worked for him in NXT, and I was skeptical back in 2019 when they did that. Um, I know they hadn't done that before in WWE, and he'd always worked so well as a babyface. He's just a naturally likable person. But, like, the heel stuff he was doing in NXT was probably, not even probably, the best work he has done in all of WWE since he signed in 2014, like, in, in his entire WWE career. And I feel like that type of Finn Balor could work as the prince on the main roster if they actually went that route. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I feel like, like you said, I feel like, especially Priest and, uh, theory i mean they, they definitely aren't getting the reactions that that balor is getting so i mean it would be kind of weird if they turn him heel because i feel like he is kind of more over as a face but i mean if he's not going to get pushed as a face at this point might as well change something up so uh, i mean i think they'd probably go more lean more towards the demon just i mean they love that shit so we'll see what happens they love the theatrical sports entertainment stuff so we'll see i mean especially if they're actually gonna actually do something worthwhile with Alexa Bliss and not just give her the Fiend 2.0 again so we'll see but uh I mean I I don't know why he was him I think he he's a great wrestler and just because he's a little bit smaller doesn't mean he can't be utilized to, to his potential it was interesting in that same report they had said too they kind of see him the company does as like the new Jeff Hardy and that they can put him in any role and he can help put over other people which it's fine, but I feel like it's a little different than Jeff because Balor is just capable, and I love Jeff, but 
and, and he was super over before he got canned about a month ago. But Balor can do a lot more in the ring than Hardy can. I mean, Hardy is, I think, 45, I want to say, at this point, 44. Balor just turned 40. The guy's still in amazing shape. He's only a couple years younger than Jeff, which is shocking to me. But he's only a couple years younger and the guy can go, like he can go, and he's over, and you would. Ne- it's not like he slowed down his in-ring work. Like the guy is still fantastic, so it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, it's better than him not being on the show at all. I will give him that, and he is helping Austin Theory in a way. But I just feel like there is more at a time too, especially on SmackDown, where they could use the stars. There is a guy in Balor that they could make a star if they wanted to. They just don't really have the desire to for whatever reason. Like you said, maybe the size thing. Maybe because he is 40, but then again, they're they're pushing Priest, and he's 39, so I, I don't know if I would use that as an excuse, but the size thing, I don't think helps, but still, I think it can be a star if they actually bother to book him properly. Um, speaking of Priest, though, I do want to mention this. He had an impromptu match with Kevin Owens on the show. Priest, I think for the first time since he debuted on the main roster about a year ago at the Rumble, almost exactly, suffered his first one-on-one loss by pinfall this week on Raw. A lot of people... Probably aren't talking about that, but it was a big deal as far as that goes. Um, losing a non-title match to Kevin Owens. I can get behind an Owens-Priest feud. I don't really want to see Owens win the U.S. Championship personally, but I like the idea of Priest kind of finding his first real feud because he's had a lot of title offenses lately, which have been fine. Like the feud with Ziggler was short-lived, and that had some good matches. But like someone that fans actually give a shit about in Kevin Owens, I feel like that's a good feud to kind of get Priest going and hopefully use Owens to elevate a guy like Priest to that next level. Yeah, I think this is a good start. Like you said, I think Priest, I don't know what it is. I feel like since Survivor Series, and they kind of switched his gimmick up a little bit, and they switched the efforts. I feel like he's just not really connecting with the crowd. And like you said, he's had some good defenses, but I just feel like he hasn't had a set program that people even sink their teeth in on him. So him losing to Owens, like I said, I think it has to be one of his, if not the only loss that he's had on the main roster. But an actual feud, I think, can help maybe get some fanfare behind him. But, I mean, him just constantly beating random people hasn't really helped them, and I think the character changes definitely set him back a little bit. Yeah, no, definitely since Survivor Series. I mean, we were there. They had the whole Nakamura match on the pre-show, which was weird, but they did that because it ended in a DQ, but I thought it was a heel turn. Like, people were convinced, oh, he's turning heel. He didn't fucking turn heel. Like, he's he's not a heel. He's clearly a babyface, but he has that part of his personality that snaps at a certain point in the match for whatever reason. I don't know why. Like, he acts intense, like, halfway through, but not the entire match, which is weird. Um, but he's been facing heels ever since, and that wasn't a heel turn, but he got booed in his home state of New York, so it was just, it was weird, and I think that was a turning point, like you said. I'm not a big fan of the whole character stuff. I think what he was doing before is the Archer of Infamy. That was getting more over, in my opinion, than whatever they tried, this new spin they tried to put on the character. I just feel like the old entrance and the old music just worked, so I don't really think that changing what works... If it's not broken, don't fix it type of thing. I just don't really understand that. But it's not like he's losing every week. Like, this is the first match he's lost in a while. So, I'm, I'm okay with that. And I like the idea of the feud. If the idea is to elevate Priest ultimately. I like Owens, but I feel like there's other things you could be doing with Owens. As opposed to putting him back in the U.S. Championship picture. Um, we got a couple other things on the show. Not a lot of stuff. Some more hype for the Rumble. People declaring themselves to, for the men's and women's Rumbles. Um, not a lot, though. We did have the... Uh, graduation ceremony. Personally, I mean, again, I'm probably in the minority here. I actually enjoyed this. The uh, Alpha Academy, RK Bro stuff. Riddle was a goof, but I think he does well at that sort of stuff if given the right material. Uh, I think Chad Gable's fantastic. Otis has been in his element in this role lately, probably even better than what he was a couple of years ago. He's just been great. And uh, I don't know, I enjoyed the segment. They 
kind of uh, hinted at a potential, or not even potential, they announced it for next week, the academic decathlon type thing, like we saw in Billy Madison years ago, which was great they referenced that. Um, I don't know, I enjoyed this segment. Am I in the minority here, dude? Did you like this, or did you think it was the dumbest thing you've seen all week? No, I thought it was good. I mean, it was definitely goofy and silly, but I mean, I think I think it was done well. I mean, I, I didn't I thought it's kind of fit. You said Riddle's a goof, so it kind of fit there, and I mean, I had no problems with it. I thought it was funny, and something that's good i think alpha academy's been better and i think i've enjoyed a lot more things that have been in recently and randy and and riddle i mean you gotta kind of draw it out a little bit longer so mm-hmm. i mean i hate it yeah and i thought it was fine like you said the intent of this was to kind of draw it out a little bit longer um, maybe the split comes at the rumble maybe that's where they do the match the academic decathlon challenge whatever they're calling it is happening next week on raw which is the go-home show for the pay-per-view um so maybe they'll do the split at the show or the rematch or whatever. I would still hold off until like February. I know people have said maybe they do the first match between the two at the Saudi show and uh, Elimination Chamber. I, I would rather just save their first match for Mania. I'm more of a traditionalist in that way. But if you want to do the rematch of Mania and that be the blow-off, I, I guess. Um, real quickly on that front, I mean, we talked, it was, you know, Meltzer had tweeted last week, oh, they're bringing Elimination Chamber to Saudi and they're going to be calling it WrestleMania Chamber. I mean, he was half right. They are doing Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia, but it's not going to be called the WrestleMania Chamber, thank God. It's still just Elimination Chamber. Um, any thoughts on Elimination Chamber being brought back this year and this and this year emanating from uh, Saudi Arabia? I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, it's different. At least not Crown Jewel. So, I mean, even though the last Crown Jewel show was probably the best they've ever had, but no, I mean, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of it, so I'm not going to cry. That's not in the states. I think it's fine. I'm not a big fan of the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. I talked about this for years, that it never really has any stakes. But I will say, though, I think doing that pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia is better than doing a Saudi show, like whatever it would be called, Super Showdown, and then doing Elimination Chamber in the States in, like, March. They did that a couple of years ago uh, when Goldberg beat The Fiend for the Universal title at Super Showdown. Then, like, two weeks later, they did Elimination Chamber in the States, and that was their final pay-per-view with fans before the pandemic happened, um, that would be fucking stupid. So I'm glad they're just doing it there, and I don't think there's a March pay-per-view. I'm, I'm First of all, I'm personally way out on doing any shows in between Rumble and Mania at all because they're usually pretty pointless. Like, no fucking fast lane shit. Maybe they'll end up doing that. I don't think they need to. Um... But yeah, I, I'm I'm completely okay with them doing Chamber there because, like you said, I'm not the. It's not like they're doing the Rumble in Saudi Arabia or WrestleMania. And Crown Jewel was one of their better shows recently, so it is what it is. Um, we also got this great video package on Raw this week between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar hyping up their match for the Rumble, taking a look back at their careers. They called it the career retrospective for both Brock and Bobby, hyping up next week's weigh-in challenge or weigh-in or whatever. Um, hopefully Paul White isn't there to uh, monitor it like the AEW one from last year. Um, but I thought that in Bobby and Seth, the finish was lame in the main event, uh, the, the whole DQ shit. Or Seth freaking Rollins, rather. That's what they're calling him now, I guess, officially. Um, your thoughts on the video package and the main event of Bobby versus Seth for Monday night? Well, the video package is great. Like you said, build up the big weigh-in next week. Hopefully they use a digital scale, not the old locker room scale. So people walking back and forth doesn't mess it up. But no, I thought it was good. The main event, like you said, the ending was kind of screwy, but it kind of set up some other things. I mean, the Usos came in, so kind of plant those seeds a little bit more with him and, and Roman, and then the whole her business stuff. I mean, at this point, they might as well just release Cedric and Shelton, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. But no, I thought it was fine. I mean, I think it set up other things, and 
we, we didn't really need a clean winner there. So uh, no, no we shouldn't from- have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that we're getting the seeds being planted for a babyface Rollins coming out of this Roman feud, or is that just for this feud? It's heel versus heel. It seems like they're like really trying to make him a babyface, but I mean, I feel like his character is a heel. So yeah, I, don't I, know. I, I just I, yeah, I was gonna say I don't I, think now's the right time for it. Yeah, I don't. I honestly can't stand like the Seth freaking Rollins thing. It's just kind of stupid and goofy. Me. No, you. I I know you've never been a fan of it. Would you rather have him be a babyface but ditch the character and ditch the character? I mean, I feel like if he's gonna be that character, he's gotta be a heel. He's like yeah. just. I don't care for it that much, but I guess we'll just keep it going. Yeah, no, I don't think he's turning babyface out of this. I think, if anything, Bobby would be a babyface coming out of the match at the Rumble with Brock, I think. I think there is more in line there to make him a babyface on Raw than Rollins. I just, I don't know, Rollins, babyface Rollins is great if they actually, you know, portray him correctly. Like, that 2019 run, after the shit that he said in interviews and all that other stuff back in 2019, it was just stupid. And it it caused the fans to turn against him. I feel like it's still too soon to turn him face. Uh, maybe at some point he will and go back to being the Rollins of like 2018. Um, like the whole like redesign, rebuild, reclaim stuff I thought was great. So maybe in due time. But, uh, you know, the Rollins that we're seeing right now, I completely agree, is totally befitting of a heel. Um, let's talk about NXT from Tuesday, which I thought was a decent show. You thought it was a good show. Um, I've definitely seen worse shows, worse editions of NXT. Um, I thought it was bookended by two pretty good segments. We got the return of LA Knight to NXT last week, but he was out this week. Um, to cut a promo on Grayson Waller, who you said is growing on you. I'm curious to I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on that. But he interrupted L.A. Knight, and he issued a restraining order against L.A. Knight, and that brought out Dexter Loomis, who Waller was supposed to face a couple weeks ago. Waller beats him, and we got the debut or return, rather, of... I don't know how you pronounce his name. Survive, or it's S-A-U-R-A-V. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but he was the former member of Indushir alongside Veer uh, before they broke them up like two years ago. And I think he was the guy that posted the picture of Keith Lee as NXT champion back in 2020. And they took him off TV right afterwards. So um, I thought he got canned. I guess not. He is still around. He's going to be the heater for Waller, which I don't know if Waller really needs that. I'm not really sure it's a natural pairing, but they want to use the guy, I guess. Um, but I like this. I liked everything about this opening segment. I think the Waller and Loomis match was fine. I think LA Knight is a babyface. He's fucking over, dude. I, I don't know about you, but he got a great reaction, I thought, when he came out, and the people were super into it. And, and Waller's a great foil for him. So, personally, I liked pretty much everything that we saw in this opening segment on the show. No, I thought it was good. I, I texted you or sent you a voicemail. I, I think I think Grayson Waller's starting to rub off on me a little bit. Um, like you said, it must be the Grayson Waller effect. But no, I, I, I think he'll. <laughs> He is kind of like that slimy heel that you want to see get his ass kicked. So, I mean, and that aspect, he's doing well. Uh, Indo Sheer guy, I met him at WrestleMania 35. Oh, you did? Kicked. I forgot about that. Yeah. I did. And I was like, holy shit, that's him. So, <laughs> yeah. So. I told, Was he with Robert Stone at that point? No, it was just him and another guy from Indo Sheer. But I don't think, I think it was, no, no, who was? I think it was Veer. Are you, right. Yeah, if you have the picture, I, I mean, obviously, you t- I mean, you, you know what Veer looks like. We would know it if it's Veer. Um, yeah, definitely send me the picture. They might have had, I don't know, it might not have been him. I don't remember. Um, I would love to know, though. Yeah, definitely send me that picture when you get a chance. I mean, you would know if you look at the picture if it's Veer or not. It probably was Veer. Veer's the guy that, I think a lot of people forget, and I'm not a big baseball fan, but I even I know this. He was the guy that was the, like the first Indian-born player in the in the MLB that played for the Pirates several years ago. The guy with the million-dollar arm or whatever, they made a whole movie about him. Sure. You don't remember that? 
I do not. Oh, wow. It was about, like, I don't want to say, yeah, probably closer to ten years ago. It was actually a pretty good movie. I'm surprised they haven't played into that on the show at all. And I guess he's still coming to Raw, right? He hasn't come yet? Veer's still coming. They should have put the send up. <laughs> yeah, they got to send Veer. Um, they, they took a couple weeks off from those video packages, and then they brought it back on, on Monday. So he's still coming. But yeah, um, also in NXT this week, we got the kickoff to the men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, two quarterfinal matches. The Creed brothers knocking off Briggs and Jensen. I think Briggs and Jensen are completely abysmal. I don't think they're awful, but I think the, the characters are just awful. And them as wrestlers are just, they're just not that good. Briggs, I've seen before, he's good. Jensen, I know nothing about. He's, eh, he's fine. I don't really care about the team at all. The Creed brothers are great. This was the best Briggs and Jensen match I have seen. I thought this was a good, fun sprint. The right team won. And it was a good kickoff to the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Usually these first quarterfinal matches are kind of nothing because they're just opening round matches. Um, but this was actually a lot better than I thought it would be in the right team won. So uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Jensen and Briggs as well. I mean, it seems like they're doing something with Kanzar or Katie, Katie Carter. So I guess we'll see where that goes. But no, I, I thought this was probably one of their better matches. Said um, The Creed brothers are good. Um, I feel like they're kind of getting a little lost in the shuffle on the diamond mine, but definitely coming out here winning uh, helps gain their momentum a little bit more, and uh, just putting them on teeth definitely will help with that. You said Grayson Waller was growing in you a little bit. What about uh, Duke Hudson who returned on Tuesday? He's got the new shorter haircut. They kind of waited until his hair grew back a little bit. Um, I know he wasn't. you weren't the biggest fan of him during the Cameron Grimes feed. I mean, obviously, we haven't really seen him, so I guess not much has changed, but I- I'm assuming you didn't really care about his return on Tuesday. I speed search through it. Okay, all right. It looks like he's feeding with Dante Chen, and Dante is uh, is a fresh face on the show. We don't really... I was going to say we don't really, really have much of a reason to care about him, but they actually did do a pretty good video package for him on Tuesday, and I'm curious to see what he can do. So I'm not super into it, but I'm curious to see where they'll go with it. Um, we did find out that coming up next week, we're going to find out the next number one contender to the North American Championship. Carmelo Hayes is going to be finding out his next number one contender when, uh, speaking of Grimes, he's going to be facing uh, Tony D'Angelo one-on-one next week. Who do you think goes over there? Who should be next in line for a title shot? I, I think I think with Grimes being a babyface, he's probably the best bet, um, but I wouldn't mind Tony being in that picture either. Yeah, I think it's going to be Grimes. Uh, I don't know if they – I feel like Pete Dunn's still kind of lingering, so with D'Angelo, so maybe they do something there, kind of keep that going a little bit more. But, uh, I mean, Grimes at this point, you might as well just feed him to, to Hayes and then, then let him go. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I like Grimes. I just see a future with him, unfortunately, with everything going on. So, I mean, I think he's good. I think the face turn's been underwhelming. I mean, the way that they had originally brought it up with him and – LA Knight and Ted DiBiase, I feel like it's kind of be a bigger deal, but I feel like if anything, he's like more goofy than he was before. So we'll see, but I, I feel like he'll be the one to face Hayes and just, just be a nice challenger for Hayes and they'll move on. I, I think he was starting to show more signs of being serious like a week or two ago. He was a little goofy on Tuesday was Grimes, but I don't know. I feel like it's time to move forward in the, in the serious direction. I thought we saw a little bit of that last week or the week before when he kind of called out that he wanted championship gold and he got confronted outside. I, Forget by who, maybe Carmelo, maybe someone else. I don't remember, but if they can kind of hone on that, hone in on that, then I think he's a star. But again, his future is totally uncertain. I don't know how well he's going to do in NXT 2.0. He did beat Duke Cutson and won that feud, but you know he had a lot of momentum coming out of that LA Knight feud, like you said. They didn't do anything with him after that for a little while. 
Hopefully he's starting to find his footing again because I think as a face he can be super over, even more over than he currently is. You kind of mentioned or answered my next question before. Um, you think Dunn staying put in NXT? I thought this memorial service might indicate that he could be headed up to the main roster because he didn't interrupt here, and that's kind of a Pete Dunn thing to do. Possibly. I mean, I I fear for him, but <laughs> if so, but uh, it could be. I mean, like you said, it could be like his swan song there, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just don't see him on the main roster right now, but maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I, I mean, Smack could use the help, so. Yeah, no, SmackDown could use the help. Whether they actually use him properly is another question, as we always talk about here on the show. Um, I think there's a better chance of him getting called up than Dakota Kai at this point. Dakota Kai had a match this week against, what was her name? Uh, Ulyssa Leon. She's on 205 Live uh, quite often. A fine match, but like, I think if they had any intentions of calling up Dakota, she would have disappeared after that latest street fight with uh, Raquel on TV, which was great. They clearly have no idea what to do with her, and they clearly have no intentions of bringing her up. I think she might be one of those people like a Cassius Ono, and I hate to say it because I think she has more potential on the main roster than Cash is dead. Um, she might be one of those people that's just NXT for life, just putting other people over. I, I really don't know what they have in mind for Dakota Kai. At this rate, it has to be. I, I just, like you said, if, if they're going to call her up or have any plans of calling her up, they would have done it after that street fight against Raquel. Clearly, that's not the direction they're going in. I mean, fine match. I mean, she be couldn't tell you the woman she beat, but... I mean, what's that do to her? Like, like you said, it's not like she put her over. She just beat her. And then, I mean, she wasn't, she, I just, I don't know. I like Dakota. I think she's better as a face. Yeah, if I agree. Forth, I just, at this point, if you're not going to call her up, I guess she's there for life or she's going to get released because I just don't see a future there. If they haven't called her up now, why, why would they call her up? Yeah, at least she won. Kaylee Ray couldn't pick up the victory. She lost to Ivy Nile, which isn't the worst thing. At least it, Kaylee Ray losing to, to whoever Dakota had faced, I think would have been worse. Um, Ivy Nile, at least they're protecting. They seem to have some sort of plan for her, which is fine. She's growing. I think she's good from what I've seen. And, you know, she looks impressive and she stands out, which is nice. They do that dumb thing where, like, oh, you know, Kaylee Ray got the match cost by Mandy Rose. I hate when they do that shit. It's such main roster bullshit. Um, but that might indicate they're doing Kaylee Ray, Indian Paraja Peretta next week against Toxic Attraction. So it looks like we are headed for a Mandy Rose Kaylee Ray feud. I didn't think they would actually do it. I thought they might move forward with Cora Jade, who I was going to say we haven't seen since, but it looks like her and Raquel might be in the women's Dusty Classic. Um, I don't think Kaylee Ray is going to beat Mandy, but I think that's a good feud. At least, at least it gets Kaylee Ray in the title picture where she belongs. Yeah, like you said, I don't hate. I don't hate the uh, like cost victory as much because I feel like it. I mean, it, at least I, Ivy Nile won, and I feel like there's some future with her. So mm-hmm. at least get her win and. Kind of, I mean, it's not like she gains a ton out of it because it's not like they're going with, with a program with her. That's clearly with Kaylee Ray and Mandy. But I, I mean, I liked it. Like, got her a win. Kaylee didn't lose clean, and they're going right into that feud with uh, whatever the two girls you just named and <laughs> Toxic Corruption. I can't think of her name. Persia. Per- Persia Parada, I think her name is. Yeah, her. Yeah. So in Indy. I mean, in Indy. I don't. I don't th- like you said. I don't think Kaylee would beat her. Um, I, I feel like Core is kind of on the burner right now. Like you said, they're teasing that team with her and Raquel. I mean, Raquel is kind of being stubborn, so maybe we'll get them and we'll see. But I, I don't think Mandy would lose the Kayla Ray. I think Kayla Ray's great, but eh, I don't see she's the direction they're going with. I think she's just a veteran that they're just grooming to eventually move up. Yeah, I think she's one of those people that's in NXT, unfortunately. I mean, I think if she if it was the Triple H era, which is what she was brought into when she first debuted on NXT at TakeOver 30, whatever that was, 36, I think over the summer before uh, Triple H left. 
Um, I think she would she would probably be champion by now, but you know they're they're going with a different direction with this brand, and that's okay. At least she's in the spotlight at all, and they're actually using her, which is nice. Um, so we had the other men's Dusty Classic match: Malik Blade and Idris Nofi uh, taking on Legado del Fantasma. Another match where again the the, the distraction finish. I thought they just did it to do it back to back. I thought was just fucking lazy. Um, but they're really going with Blade and Anofi as like this underdog babyface miracle tag team thing where maybe they could go all the way. Uh, Braun Breaker cost, I mean, kind of, he didn't do it intentionally, but he dragged Santos away from ringside and that was what cost Legato the win. Uh, not really much of a match, but I'm curious to see what they do with Blade and Anofi. And I'm not really mad about Legato failing to win here because I don't think they were going to win anyway. So it kind of segues into Breaker versus, uh, Escobar. So I didn't hate this again. The finish was a little lame, but the actual outcome, I didn't really have a major problem with personally. No, I, I like you said, I don't think Legardo is going to win this other team with Blade and, you know, I, you can f- fix it in. I have no idea what the other guy's name is. Uh, I think it's better for them. Like, at least there's like an underdog story or someone else in there. Like you said, Legardo Phantasm is not going to win. So I think the story's there. Breaker and Escobar, it kind of furthers them a little bit more. Uh, I, like you said, lazy, shitty booking with the back-to-back DQ or run-in. You say like a run-in to make a finish, but I mean, that's what you get with WWE. Yeah, that was pretty lazy. But the actual outcome, like I said, I didn't have a problem with. Uh, polarizing promo, though. We'll get to the end of the show in a second and what kind of happened there afterward. But kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit was the vignette for Saray. Now, I, I don't really care for the whole, like, she's supposed to be like this. I don't know if they're going with the whole Japanese schoolgirl thing. I mean, they didn't outright say that, but that was kind of like the appearance that she has now. Um, she she looks like a totally different person. I don't know if that's who she actually is, if that's what she pitched, if that's what they gave to her. I have no idea. Because, again, it was all about the Walter thing at the end of the show and not really Saray. I saw that, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not really... It's not even a preference thing. I just don't really think that's a good idea. But then again, I'm like, it's not like the Walter thing where it's like, oh, if it works, then go with it. It's not like Saray really had... I don't want to say everyone has to have a character. But I don't know. She was she was different than some of the other women they've brought in, um, you know, from Japan in the last couple of years. She's not Io Shirai. She's not Kairi Sane. And I guess Kyrie had the pirate thing, but it's not like, oh, she has to get over with the pirate thing. I don't know. She just had a different connection with the audience. Saray came in at a bad time because she came in at a point where NXT 2.0 was kind of starting. Like Taya, when they just they fired uh, Frankie Monet, Taya. Uh, they kept Saray, though. She's a good wrestler from what I've seen, but we just didn't really have much of a reason to care about her beyond the fact that we know she, that she's good. So I guess this gives her more of a character, but it's kind of... Stereotypical, I guess. I don't know. Where do you fall on this? I thought Twinkle Toes pitched this one. I, I thought I was watching <laughs> AEW first. Uh, but I mean, I don't think she needs a character. I mean, she was kind of bland. I feel like she was just there. I yeah. Mean, she was just, like I said, not everyone needs a character. And like you said, Kyrie did have like the pirate thing, so it was a little bit different. But I mean, once I saw it, I honestly thought I was watching AEW. But no, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think she's doomed, but. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. This screams like got an AEW, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, at least when they brought Saray in last year, like, it it didn't feel like one of those, like, oh, we bring in the Joshis and they'll have, like, the same type of music. Like, Ikimanjiro has one of those type of themes. I actually like his music. But he's more of, like, the, he's got the jacket thing. I You know, I know you don't really care for him. I think he's, I like Ikimanjiro. 
with Saray, at least it came in, she came in and she had like the bat, like she kind of had that similar Japanese opening type music where it's like, oh, are they going to go this route too? But they didn't. If you listen to the song, like it, it becomes badass and it's like this rock music. It's like, okay, like I can get into this. And her herself was kind of bland, but like, I like the music. I like the presentation. WWE, at least with NXT before NXT 2.0, didn't go the stereotypical route with most people. They are now by really hamming up the Tony D'Angelo thing, which has grown on me, but it's still like, oh, I'm Italian. Like, okay, you don't have to tell me you're Italian. Like, I could just, I don't know, it's weird. And now they're doing that with Saray. And they might be doing that with Walter, whose new name is Gunther. Um, it was supposed to be, so let's get right into it. We'll, we'll talk about the name thing in a second, I guess. But uh, as this match goes, he won this match as Walter. Um, and he faced Roderick Strong in a great main event. So let's get the positive out of the way first. I thought the match was great. The chops were awesome. I was looking forward to this. My only nitpick is that they didn't advertise this a week out. They announced it on fucking Monday, I think, on Twitter. They really should have advertised this out. Not that the rating would be much better, but it would give people more to look forward to going into the show. Um, but I thought this was awesome. We don't really see Wrestle Walter regularly. He was in the ring like three weeks ago in a tag team match, and they've already had him back in the ring this week. So I don't know if that's going to become more of a regular thing, but we really haven't seen a lot of Walter in the ring because even in NXT UK, he would wrestle like once every couple of months, uh, which might be the allure of Walter, but I'm fine with him wrestling on like a cu- every couple of weeks because I think the guy needs to be in the ring more because he's great. Um, Roddy's awesome. You knew he was losing here. He needs to win the big one at some point, like win bigger, more important matches. I don't know if that's what they have in mind for him. But as a match, this was great, seemingly setting up an Imperium versus... Uh, Diamond Mine multi-man match like we got with Undisputed Era and Imperium a few years ago. I like that. So before we get to the name stuff, talk to me about the match and if you, or if not, you enjoy the match. No, I thought the match itself was great. I mean, I love Walter. I think, I mean, I feel like I haven't seen him in a bad match. So yeah, I think he was good. Roddy's great. So I thought everything was good. I mean, at first the whole name thing, I honestly didn't even, it kind of like passed by. And I just like heard it and I was like, that's kind of weird, but whatever. <laughs> And then, like, went into it, and then, obviously, it blew up with everything, like, the whole symbolism of it. And then, I mean, the name itself is, okay, the name's dumb. And I want to say the name's dumb. <laughs> Let, I'll go on a rant, and then I'll let you go. Okay. The name was dumb, and then, but the thing I didn't like about it either was, like, the next day, so, like, everyone has their, everyone's mad, and the whole backlash, whatever. But then, like, the next day on Twitter... Like, NXT UK tweets out, like, oh, what a great debut. Like, he's been in the company for three years at this point. <laughs> he's been on NXT TV for years. Like, it's not like he, they, like, put a mask on this guy. He's the exact same person. It's like saying if Kane came out randomly one time and was like, I'm now The Undertaker. Like, <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense because it's the same person and there's no difference. Like, it's not like they put a, a, a mask on him or change, like, or he had a mask as Walter, and he took the mask off, and now he's Gunther, and he's different. But, like, yeah. it's the same person. So, I mean, I think the way that he says it, like, Gunther, it sounds like Gunther instead of Gunther. I mean, mm-hmm. Gunther's stupid ways. But, like, I think the execution of it was the worst part. Like, he was on TV. We know who he is. They didn't change his gimmick at all. They just changed his name. I mean, if they, if anything, they should just change it, put a V instead of the W, and then yep. Walter. That's how he pronounces it, but... I guess we'll see and wait. I mean, I don't love the name. I thought, I mean, maybe they never changed his name because they never thought he'd get to this point that he'd actually be on NXT. Maybe they thought he was strictly a UK guy. Uh, Honestly, probably. Honestly, yeah, probably. So then now they're like, shit, he's going to be on NXT. Maybe go to the main roster. We can't have him with that name. But realistically, he should just put a V instead of a W. 
would have been a seamless transition, I guess. And then, I don't know. The name's just fucking dumb. The name is dumb. So, it has been made a little bit better. I will give them credit. They had filed for the trademark, and we know this is a fact. This isn't speculation. Like, this is actual fact stuff that you can look up. They applied for the trademark Gunther Stark that has Nazi Germany ties. A quick Google search will tell you that. So, I mean, again, I'm, I shouldn't be surprised because this is the same company that had been calling Paige, Becky, and Charlotte the submission sorority a couple of years ago for weeks, too. Not even for, like, the Walter thing, the, the Gunther Stark thing never even made TV. They applied for that, I don't know when, but it made the news on Tuesday morning. And then by Tuesday night, they didn't call him Gunther Stark on the show. He called himself just Gunther or Gunther or whatever he said. So it never even made the show, but they did at least try to apply for it. The submission sorority thing was on TV for at least two or three weeks, and that was just, I don't have to go into all that. We've, we've talked about that before. This company just doesn't do Google searches, apparently. Um, the name itself, though, I mean, I know other people have said, well, my issue wasn't with the Gunther name, it was with the Gunther Stark thing. How could they let that be? I agree with that. I'm more of the mindset, I'm like you. I just think the name Gunther itself is just stupid. The Stark thing was really bad. The Gunther thing alone, I it's not as bad, but it still sounds goofy. I apologize to anyone with the name of Gunther, but it's just, it's not a good name. Uh, the way they spell it, like, it's spelled Gunther. It's not even A-R where it's Gunther or whatever. It's Gunther. He pronounces it differently. Like you said, he made it sound better than what it is on Tuesday. I don't think that was intentional. I think that's just how he talks. I agree, though. I think on, on both things. One, they were going to change his name. I agree. They probably never thought he would make it to the U.S. We were all under the impression he would never make it to the U.S. He never wanted to go to the U.S. He probably also feared getting fucked up like with his name thing here, which they already took away from him you know, a couple weeks in. Just change it. Just call him Walter White or something. Walter or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's one Walter thing. Walter White, that's the fucking character of Breaking Bad. No, I know, I, no, I know that. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny, though. Um, and just give him, like, a meth character or whatever. But, um, yeah, just Walter or whatever. The other thing is, my bigger point here is that, I, listen, I, arguing with this is, I get it. It is what it is. They don't have the trademark it, though, is the thing. They really don't, dude. Like, and it's not just AJ Styles, like I pointed out to you the other day. Like, Joe didn't have his name trademarked. Like, they brought in Samoa Joe as Samoa Joe. I know Walter is not AJ Styles or Samoa Joe, but it's it's not even like... The worst part is, like you said, it's not like he's coming from another company and he wrestled as Walter for 20 years. That's one thing. And they call AJ Styles CJ Miles because they don't own the name AJ Styles and whatever. And they let him use AJ Styles. But it's not even like he wrestled as AJ Styles around the world and they changed his name when he got here. Walter has been in this company, dude, for three years as Walter. No one watches NXT UK. I get it. But the guy's been in NXT before many times. He was on the fucking main roster multiple times a few years ago. The same year that he debuted, he was on the show as Walter. How many people actually remember that? I don't know. But it's just like, if they really, really wanted to let it go and just let it be and just call him Walter, they can. Like, it's not that big of a deal. I will ask you, though, do you think it plays a factor at all that some of the people they let keep their names, like Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, are all gone, and they get to take whatever equity they built up with those names in WWE to AEW, and maybe that kind of scared WWE a little bit, thinking, not that Walter's leaving for AEW, but you think if they bring in anyone from the outside, or anyone that has their own name, they might change it, because they, they, they don't want those people using the names that they're using in WWE in another company. Do you think that's a factor at all? 
I do, I do, I do a little bit because I feel like that's why they always would change someone's name because they don't want they want to, one own it and two like you said say that they go on to success in WWE like Dean Ambrose is the perfect example like if they own the name if they didn't own the name Dean Ambrose like I think a lot more people would have known who John like obviously mm-hmm. it's his real like that would have been a bigger thing if he showed up as John Mox or Dean Ambrose than John Moxley. You could say the same thing with Roman Reigns. More people know if he came in as Roman Reigns and Joe Onawahi. I mean, mm-hmm. it's things that's, I mean, I, I think maybe more, I, if Cole was like pushed the way he should be, I mean, I think it would be making a bigger deal just because he's coming right off WWE. And I mean, I, I feel like they're kind of squandering that a little bit, but I mean, I, I think that's probably a reason. That's why they've always kind of done that. And maybe they just, let those ones slip by just because in, at that point AEW wasn't really a thing and maybe they never really thought that I was going to get to that point but I mean now maybe that they have Walter under a US deal or maybe his contract's a little bit different so now they're, they're like shit we need to change that a little bit but I, I think that's a reason just because if he did go to AEW I mean I think obviously people know him as, a, as Walter anyway so at this point it really wouldn't matter but I mean, I guess it's not if he made it the main roster, and then that name's not hitting them in the face as much as it would be if they just wanted to keep a name. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Like you said, it's not a new thing. Uh, like with Moxley changing his, they had to give him the Dean Ambrose name. I think they they got a little lenient with it where they weren't because that those people those guys came in ten years ago. I feel like in the last five years they got more lenient, and not everyone got away with using their name. Like Kevin Owens is. You know, he's not, he wasn't Kevin Owens, he was Kevin Steen. Finn Balor was Prince Devitt. Hideo Itami, same thing. I would say in the last five years, though, they've been a little bit more lenient with people like Joe, Styles, Roddy, Cole, Fish, O'Reilly. I could probably make a whole list. Walter being another one. Pete Dunn was also Pete Dunn. A lot of the NXT UK guys didn't have to change their name because, again, they're not on the main roster, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it's one of those things where I just think the name itself, they, like, surely there were better options than fucking cunt. I don't know. I just, I'm sure we'll get used to it like Dolph Ziggler. I just think it's stupid. Um, at, at the very least, though, you hope that they'll probably book him correctly, right? Because, I mean, they had him go in there, and it's not like they changed the music. It's not like, I mean, yet, I guess. They didn't change the music. They didn't change, they didn't break up Imperium. It's not like he's out there, you know, with, with uh, Nazi Germany. I mean, I don't think they could do that anyway. They would never be able to get away with that now. You can't, you can't do that anyways. No, nah, like, you, you can't. But, I mean, <laughs> it's not like they're out there having him wear, like, a German hat or something. I don't know. Um... Yet, right? I mean, it's so far so good because that match was great. If you take away the name thing, it was Walter. It was really everything was Walter up until the name change, I think. Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, he's great in the ring. Just don't put a stupid hat on him and he'll be fine. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, just don't do anything dumb with him. I'm not faithful that they won't do that eventually, but so far so good. I just think the name is awful. So they they, they should. When's he coming out on a tank at WrestleMania? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If he even gets the that, even if he even gets to that point, oh man, give it some time. I'm sure we'll get there. But uh, yeah, this company's not great with the stereotype stuff. Like I said with Ali, I'm sure there's a story there that we're not aware of. And like the the schoolgirl thing with with Saray, I just you know they're they're very over the top with things like that. I know it's WWE. I think it's stupid. I hope they don't do that with Walter. I don't want to complain about something they haven't done yet. The name change doesn't give me hope. I don't think the name change was necessary, but I do want to highlight that the match itself was great. And hopefully they don't change much else about his presentation. 
Um, let's talk about Dynamite here. We had a lot to say about Dynamite. We're almost almost an hour in here, and we haven't even gotten a Dynamite. So we won't go on as much of a rant as we did before we got down this phone call. Because a lot of what I had to say, I just said last night on Twitter, because I felt like I shit on almost the entire show. I just think by Dynamite standards, dude, from Wednesday, this was not a good show. I've seen worse wrestling shows. Would I rather, would I rather watch Dynamite than Raw? Yes. I still don't think by Dynamite standards this was a strong show. I think the Moxley thing was great. I want to get your thoughts on that to begin here. I thought he came across awesome. It wasn't really a... I hate even saying promo because it was just kind of him speaking. He looks a lot better than he did before he left. You know, we were kind of saying before he left and even the, the before he left for the alcohol and patient thing, he looked like he put on some weight and he just, it looked, just didn't look well. Um, he looks great now, though. And uh, beyond that, though, I like the mixed tag aside from some goofy stuff in the middle there. The rest of the show, I was not a big fan of, so... Um, give me your thoughts on the Moxley stuff and then kind of go off from there about your overall thoughts from the show on Wednesday. No, I thought the Moxley stuff was good. I think the last couple of weeks they've, I mean, besides the week before and they had the whole best friends fucking, <laughs> yeah. but normally the last couple of weeks, the first segment has been the best part. I mean, the week before when they had Danielson and Hangman and then they had CM Punk come out, I mean, that's as strong as you can probably get. So they, they've had more, they have utilized probably the bigger names. I'd say like Punk, Danielson, Hangman have been starting off their shows lately, but last week it was, it was the whole best friends elite crap. And then this week they started off hot with Moxley. So I was like, all right, this is good. I thought what he said was good. I mean, not really a promo. He said, just kind of him talking. So good to see him back. He looks better. He looks good. So we'll see where it go with there. Nothing like story line wise yeah. kind of got developed. So we'll see what happens. And then, we go right into the mixed tag, and uh, I just, I mean, everyone says the grass is green on the other side, but they don't look too green for my boy Adam Cole. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's lost a lot of muscle tone. He's bumping around for 20 minutes with pockets, taking goofy bumps, and hitting every move under the sun, and they keep kicking out of it. It just, I, I don't know, like. I just can't at this point. When, like you said, when he loses next week in the unsanctioned match, I mean, he might as well just retire at that point. Losing the fucking pockets, I mean, stop. I like Britt Baker, but now she's kind of getting the goofy, ha-ha, stupid stuff. I mean, keep her with Hater and, and, and Rebel and stop. Like, don't put her with fucking the best friends. I mean, I don't even know why she's even feuding with Statlander. Statlander hasn't done anything. She's too busy getting her ass kicked by Layla Hirsch in the backstage, where she could be. So, that was awful. And then... We get the Cody stuff. I mean, <laughs> people eat that stuff up like spoon-fed, but it is just awful. The whole insider terms, it's just not good. He talks in circles. We, we found out that that uh, O'Reilly and Fish graduated uh, hip toss class in developmental. <laughs> so that was a good start. So if they're so developmental and so terrible, then why did they hire them? Um, so I mean, if they, ever beat, if they ever beat the Young Bucks, then that's embarrassing because they just – they just finished hip top hip toss class, so they're probably going to go over in that feud. And he just went on and on and on about pretty much nothing, and then hinted that he's he's a free agent. So we get that, and then at the very end, this whole long winded promo setting up a ladder match next week with Sammy Guevara. We then also plugged the match. Let me check my notes here. In picture in picture on a balcony in a hotel in Brazil. So in Brazil with his with his flashcards that that act and he gets stale probably three years ago just like the whole pockets thing did so <laughs> i guess we'll just keep that we'll just keep that going because i mean it was funny once so we're just going to do it for the next three years so we're, we're getting that next week at beach break we're also getting a lights out match because 
pockets accidentally knocked Britt Baker through a table, so we're going to get Adam Culver's pockets next week in a lights-out match <laughs> for no reason, which he's probably going to win, and then Adam Cole can then just retire, because at that point, if you're losing a fucking pockets, I mean, you have no fucking future. And then, what else did we get? I mean, the Brody King, I mean, I think Brody King and Malachi, I, I like them, I mean, the lights-out stuff, that, I mean, we didn't get too much of it last night. I don't think we got it at all besides the entrance. So that was a definitely... No, I think the lights turned off for Pack, didn't it? <laughs> the lights turned off for Pack for Sean's entrance, and for who else used the lights? Oh, Cody. Cody, too. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, him himself didn't use it as, like, a transporting, so I guess we had some uh, moves this week. I like Varsity Blondes, but, like, they, they should have probably built them up a little bit more. Like, this match was good and fine. But, like, they don't mean anything, so all they do is lose. So, I would have probably built up Varsity Blondes a little bit more. Um, to just kind of, they, I mean, if they're going to get fed to him, I guess it doesn't really matter. But, I mean, I would have built them up a little more. I feel like they kind of dropped the ball with Brian Pillman after the uh, Dark Side of the Ring thing. But, that's I just me. That, yeah. um, what else did we get? The Sean Spears got B in 10 seconds. I, It was, it was good because he's a glorified loser. I mean... <laughs> It's pretty bad when it took Punk t- 10 minutes to beat Q2 and you got beat QT Marshall and uh, fucking he beat Spears in seconds. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, I like him and the MGF and, and Punk stuff. So that was decent. I mean, it wasn't the greatest thing of all time, but it was good. Um, like I said, the Layla Hirsch thing, it was probably the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. No one cares. So we move on from that. I'd say put her in Team Taz, but they're never on the show. <laughs> no, they're on the show. Powerhouse was on the show last night. Got beat clean as a sheep. Guy looks like an like has the ability to be an absolute star, and all he does is just eat pinfalls. <laughs> he, um, he lost the he lost the Cassidy too a couple months ago. Ugh, I don't even bring it up. Yeah, I'm <laughs> over the fact he beat him in three seconds. <laughs> Stop! So, I'll never get over that. And then yeah, so I mean, and then the main event was fine. I mean. I don't really need to see Sting in a handicap match in 2022, but it was fine for what it was. I like the acclaimed. I think they're starting to grow on a lot of people. They, I feel like they're starting to, I mean, they lost. So they, they were on a little winning streak. I mean, they beat, they beat like Bear Country like Last a week or two week, ago. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, at least they're on Dynamite a little bit more. I feel like they're like the flavor of the month because usually they're on uh, on Dark. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought they were fine. I mean, Darby winning uh, seemed like we're kind of getting him and, and Andrade, who's the new co-owner. <laughs> this I literally texted GSM dying laughing on this. When he's now the co-president or owner of the Andrade fam- party family office. And then I let Graham know before this phone call, I'm actually now the chief branding officer. So now it's R-A-H-F-O. Ah, okay. I'm involved now in the, the R-A-H-F-O. Like, does anyone give a shit at this point? I like Andrade. <laughs> Another one, grass clearly not greener. He's no, in the not at all, dude. Loser faction of all time, almost as bad as the wingman. <laughs> and I have no idea what the fuck's going on with him, but it seems like they're like they're teasing him and like Darby, but Darby's probably gonna win, so who gives a shit? And the main, uh, what else did I miss? I don't know. The hangman and oh, Dan Lambert. How did I forget about great old Danny Lambert? <laughs> I just don't care at this point. He literally has no credibility. He got his ass kicked. The one match they had against Jericho in the inner circle, I mean, I don't care. I did, and then Archer, why? Why is he getting a title match? He literally is coming off TV, lost to Eddie Kingston, got hurt, and now he's just in a title match because Lambert said whoever comes out deserves a title match, and he got it. Like so dumb. And <laughs> that was dumb. Then we also got a terrible Jericho segment where again him 
and Santana Ortiz, who was held back for the last three years against 2.0 and Danny Garcia, the breakout superstar of 2021, who just lost to Sammy Guevara like two weeks ago. <laughs> GFY, and, Mr. Marcel, GFY. And Hook's getting sent on, on Friday night, I saw. He's getting sent against Serpentico. And, and, and Moxley's facing the other page, too. Yeah, I saw Ethan, all ego Ethan Page get another big big main event for no reason. I mean, at least the last time we saw Hook, he was at a titty bar, so at least he's got some clout, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I just don't get it. I mean, I think Hook's good, but I just don't get the fucking, I don't get the hype behind him. I think he's good. I think he has a lot of potential, but people, like, lose their mind over him. Yeah, I mean, well, the company's actually doing the right thing because they're capitalizing on all the fan support and they're pushing him. I mean, I don't, th- I don't blame the company for that. I, I don't even blame the fans. I just don't get it personally. I think the guy is good too. I think for a, I don't know how old he is, but for a kid of his age, he's obviously Taz's son, so he has that going for him as far as like being as good as he is for as young as he is. But other than that, I mean, I guess it's just the fact that he doesn't speak. I feel like it's all over once he speaks. I feel like he's gonna have this the highest pitch voice you've ever seen, you've ever heard. <laughs> Some of his success on the rest of the teams has at least Jesus Christ. <laughs> Doesn't Ricky Starks have the fake title? They, he has the fake belt that they had on Battle of the Belts that they then acknowledge that it's not a belt that they recognize, but it was defended on a show that they threw, which makes no sense. <laughs> that makes no sense. I don't know, man. Yeah, the Team Taz stuff is just is just weird. They were feuding with Dante and Leo, but we haven't seen Leo in like a month and a half. Maybe someone pointed out to me, maybe because he was being punished for calling out Tony. But then remember, the next day he actually praised Tony for calling him and uh, apologizing to Leo, even though he should be apologizing to Big Swole or online or whatever, all, to all the other people he offended, which he didn't do. Um, but I don't know, maybe he was sick or maybe he's hurt. I, we haven't heard anything from Leo Rush. I don't know where he went, but it's one of those things where they put people on TV for like a month, month and a half consistently. And then we just don't see them for a while. I would rather have, like, I, th- I feel like they did a better job of this a couple of months ago, or maybe around this time a year ago. They had the NXT formula where certain people weren't on the show every week. Like we didn't see Red Dragon last night and that's okay. Some people were on every week, which is fine. If you're a big enough star. Most people, though, were on, like, every other week. And in the weeks they didn't, they weren't on, they would have, like, video packages. But now it feels like we're getting the same people on the shows in action every week. Like, the Acclaimed wrestled last week, and they're right back this week. Or Serena Deeb was on last week, she's right back on this week. So and then there's other people who just don't get TV time for, like, a month and a half. Like, we haven't seen Dante in a long time. What? <laughs> Let me ask you this. Didn't Jay Lethal come to come to Dante's aid last week? Why wasn't he in that little friend group with Dante last night? What happened to Jay Lethal? I know Cody mentioned him in that promo, but where did he go? He was in catering. He must have missed his cue. I don't know. Was he, he was. was he too busy eating a sandwich with Miro backstage and with and Brian <laughs> Cage? Who? <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know, man. It's just uh, the Jericho stuff is terrible. The Cody stuff is bad. People can shit on me. I mean, I'm, I'm a hater, I guess. I don't know. Like I said, I love AEW. I think there's a lot of stuff they do right, and I'm, I'm loving the Punk and MJF feud, and there's just a lot of things, especially with this show that illustrated. Like it, The thing is, is that I thought the show sucked because there was a lot of things that I'm like, why did they do that? Like That backstage segment with Chris Statlander, Red Velvet, and, uh, and Layla was just not good. The way it came across was just not fucking good. It was like one of those bad backstage segments in WWE. It was the same shit. And they don't really get called out for that stuff. The Cody stuff is abysmal. Him literally saying like, oh, I won't turn heel because of this is just so bad. I feel like he's on one of those 
AEW press conference calls they do after the pay-per-views with people like like me, like the journalists and stuff. I, not a promo befitting for television where he's talking about hip toss class and 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 all this other stuff that just makes no sense. The Forbidden Door. Like, did you know that Cody was the Forbidden Door? I didn't know that. Dude, he isn't even under contract right now. Oh, dude, can we talk about that real quick and how stupid that whole situation was? That was the biggest... I, that's why I didn't even discuss it as far as, like, news goes. It was the biggest story on Monday. Oh, Cody's a free agent. Okay, it doesn't mean anything, dude. You know what I mean? Like, there could be... Anyone in that company could be a free agent. If it was a bigger deal and someone that wasn't a fucking EVP, I'd be like, okay, maybe? Like, if Adam Page was an afraid, and I'd be like, all right, why isn't he under a deal? That's pretty dumb. But with Cody, you know he's not going anywhere. And I'm not even saying it's impossible for these people to show up in the Rumble. I don't think they are. I don't I don't really understand. I don't really think they're going that direction. I don't understand why they would want to do that, but um, I don't think that's happening. But it's not even that. It's just people even thinking that remote possibility of Cody going to WWE would happen. I mean, that is one of the dumbest things I've heard in a while. Did they really think he was going to bring the TNT title to Raw on Monday? Like, come on, man. What did he, what did he really do that? He's one of the founding fathers of this company. He's a forbidden door himself. Oh, my God. Like, if he's talking about the forbidden door, I'm like, okay. Well, actually, before that, he mentioned Punk's pipe bomb. I'm like, oh, are they kicking off a Cody Punk feed? Then I'm like, wait, no, wait a second. He's feuding with um, uh, MJF right now, so why would they do that? And then he mentions the Red Dragon stuff. I'm like, okay, is he feuding with them next? Like, what's going on here? I don't know. It was just weird. And then he was praising Malachi, even though Malachi just, you know, beat him multiple times, which was weird. And I don't know. Like, Malachi, like, destroyed his whole family. And then he's like, oh, yeah, he was he's a good wrestler, though. I'm like, it's just weird, dude. It's just bizarre. I just, that promo sucked. And I don't think I've ever cared less about a TNT title match in this company than Cody and Sammy next week. I feel like I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie here, dude. It's a lose-lose. I don't really care about Cody's champion. I don't really care about Sammy as champion. I feel like at this point, the whole TNT title picture is just a complete wash. Yeah, I think Cody's probably doing... I mean, he is. He's doing the worst work of his career right now. It is just awful. Sammy just... I feel like he's never on the show when he is. He's just like... I don't know. It's just not interesting. He's not interesting at all. And I feel like they... I don't like... They had him, like, involved with the inner circle people, and then now he's kind of, like, away from them. But, like, whenever he's on TV, he's just doing flip-flopping dives and pulling up note cards out of his ass and still kind of not funny. I just, I don't know. I feel like he, they, like, felt like he was going to be, like, a breakout star, but they just, like, I don't know. I just feel like he's just kind of there right now. I feel like he won the TNT title, and honestly, it was all downhill from there because he had a very uninspiring reign. I mean, who did he face? Fucking Tony Nese on Rampage once? Ethan Page at the Dynamite that we went to? Like, who cares? I mean, he was having decent matches, but, I mean, his was probably the weakest of all the reigns as TNT champion. Even worse than, like, Brody was only champion for a month, and I liked his reign more than Sammy's. And Sammy was champion for, like, he lost the belt back to a guy that can't win the world title, so he settles for the secondary title. I mean, then there's, no second, there's no secondary belt. <laughs> I was going to say that's another thing that bothered me. Oh, there's no secondary title. Like, do you really need to be saying that on television? Like, the whole point is that we're supposed to believe it's real. We know it's not, but come on. I mean, this is now you're just slapping us in the face and telling us it's fake. 
Hey, there's no secondary belts in AEW. That's what I was told, apparently. I don't know. His stuff is just bad. And people are like, oh, he's, he's telling the truth. Okay, that doesn't make it any better. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with anything. The whole point of this stuff is, like, to build towards what's next or do it if it makes sense. Like, he didn't even talk about what's important. Like, he didn't talk about the fact. Do you really want to shoot? You want to shoot and, and, and open up the fucking forbidden door of the curtain, dude? Peel back the curtain a little bit? Then talk about why you're a free agent. But we're not going to because it's a non-story. Because we know that your dumb reality show is not going anywhere. Your wife works there. Your brother works there. You help start the company. You're a champion. We know you're not going anywhere. That's why he's not going to talk about it. But that's really what people want to hear about. They don't want to hear about the punk pipe bomb 10 years later. But of course, if he mentions, oh... Gunther McGillicuddy, and we don't rename people here, even though that, first of all, had nothing to do with his promo. And uh, <laughs> and, and then it gets a cheap pop from all the people in the audience. Oh, oh, oh they buried WWE. Like, how many times do we have to go over this, dude? They have to stop with the WWE stuff. It, it It's beyond the cheap pop stuff for me. I thought we got over that after Jericho said it's a bad idea from bad creative. That was funny three years ago. It's 2022. Why are we still doing this on a weekly basis? Brody King can't be Brody because of Brody Lee. His name was already Brody King. It's not like they called him. It's not like he's calling himself Brody. I'm pretty sure it's his real name, probably. I mean, I just, I don't know. That that segment really bothered me because I just thought it was, I, I watched it and I'm like, I just wasted five minutes of my life right now watching this shit. Yeah, Cody's all about the cheap pop, so he literally just can't stop getting, he, like, he just, I swear to God, He's just using it just to see, like, because people just keep still booing him. I just feel like he uses the cheap pop just to get some kind of cheer. But just at the end of the day, it's just clear. It's just not, like, move on. Like, your last, your 2020 to 20, 2020 to 2021, the 2022 has been fucking awful. Yeah, it's, ever it's since he really lost, Ever since he buried a go-go, it's been awful. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. That stuff, and then the Shaq stuff before it wasn't great, and then he, like, that went nowhere because we haven't seen Shaq since. I guess I got over Jade Cargill, but, I mean, we just haven't seen him since, which was weird. Remember he disappeared out of the ambulance and there was no follow-up at all? <laughs> <laughs> what a goofy angle. I don't know, man. I just feel like here's my problem. The three worst parts of Dynamite right now every week, and, and you could probably guess who they are, Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, Dan Lambert. The problem is they're on the show every week, and they're among like the biggest stories of the show every fucking week. Jericho closed out the show a week ago with Eddie Kingston. I like Eddie. Why is he stuck up with, with Jericho? I like the fact that Santana and Ortiz are finally doing their own thing, hopefully. I mean, this can't be a... Please tell me this isn't a swerve, dude, where it's like, oh, we ultimately get back together and we're all friends. I mean, they have to turn on him or something. They they have to break up the inner circle. It sucks. Best faction of the year! I was going to say that the, 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 the shame of awards over the PWI, this magazine that people haven't read in 10 years... Are gonna take this. Do you see them posing with the awards the other day? I had people in my mentions. Well, it's not that big of a deal. It's cool. Like, no, it's not. It's that's like if I wrote an article saying that CM Punk was the wrestler of the year for for AEW, and then they 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 ship them some, some fake award to do a photo shoot with. Like, dude, it's one Mark's opinion. I'm a Mark. You're a Mark. The people that are coming up with this shit are Marks. It's not like it's at least even. I I don't really care about his awards either. At least with the Meltzer stuff, I think people actually vote on that stuff that are actually, like, in the business. PWI stuff are just people like me and, and you that just talk about this stuff and write. It's like it's anyone on Twitter's opinion. And they're acting as if it's this major accomplishment. But, like, at least people are like, oh, it's more important than the Slammies. But they don't, I mean, yeah, but it's it's important within their own little universe. They're not important at all. 
But it's not like WWE takes this fake award from some fake writer. I mean, I guess they do from time to time. It's cringy when they do it, too. I don't know. I saw that last week, and I'm thinking, this is the dumbest thing. And I still had people coming at me like, well, it's important because... It's not important. Like, it's just a fan vote, and it's stupid. It's stupid, and they're acting like it's the biggest deal, like, oh, faction of the year. Yeah, because what, Joe Schmo in his mom's basement said so? Like, who cares? Yeah, I, I like you said, the worst three parts of Diamond every week. I might, and honestly, I yeah, they, I would probably say honorable mention is probably the best friend. I honestly, at this point, cannot. They're on their show every week, and I can't stand them, but I think universally Lambert, Jericho and Cody are the worst three things on Dynamite, and they're on every single week. Yeah. And last night, we got two doses of Dan Lambert. Yeah, exactly. We got him twice last night. When he showed up the second time with Sky and Paige, I'm like, what's going on here? Another thing, dude. They talk all about, oh, Sky's undefeated. Like, he's, he's he hasn't lost in 300 days. You know why he hasn't lost in 300 days? Because he never wrestles on the fucking show. When was the last time he had a match on Dynamite? Like, a singles match. Seriously. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Dude, you know who else is undefeated on Dynamite? Me. And that's because I don't wrestle on Dynamite. If Sky doesn't wrestle on Dynamite, me being me not wrestling on the show is as important as Sky being undefeated because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Paige takes all the losses for that team because they know he's honestly, they know he's not a top guy. He's just not interesting. Lambert doesn't help. I've, I said this last night. I like Lambert a lot. I do like Lambert a lot. I think he's a great talker. The problem is that he's on every week. He doesn't help anyone. Paige and Sky are not any better off from where they were a couple months ago. They're on TV more, but it's not like I take them seriously. Archer's not going to benefit at all. I mean, wasn't he feeding with Cody for like a week and calling Brandy like a whore or something like that, which was just bizarre, and then we never saw, we never saw Brandy get her come up, and she just got insulted, and that was it. It was just fucking weird. I don't know. Th- those three people are the worst parts of the show. They're on every week, and they're in the biggest angles on the show. Like, Paige hasn't closed out Dynamite in, what, a month and a half? Like, when was the last time Adam Page actually closed off the show when he's the world champion? I mean, come on, man. What's going on here? That's why the show, I feel like, lately has been so bizarre and so abysmal. Yeah, I feel like lately they've been starting off hot, and then they just peter out. Like, we've had Page, like, had his title matches were always the opener. Like, the last two openers, like, him versus Brian both times were the opener. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. He he just kind of, honestly, I... Forgot for a quick second the champion was until he came out the other uh, last night. Yeah, because like, he's not the, the he's not the biggest. It's the same thing that they had with Big E. It's the same issue where he's the world champion, but he's not the focal point of the show. I mean, say what you will about Kenny Omega, but he was always the focal point of the show, and his feuds were always the focal point of the show, regardless of whether the stuff was good or bad. Adam Page currently is not the focal point of the show. He was when he was chasing, but he's not now, though. No, yeah, he's definitely like. And I thought at this point, I said he's like he wasn't like it's not like he's even advertised like they send those advertisement things out before the show. He wasn't even mentioned last night. Yeah, and it was, it's like he came out and they did like the little fucking one two with fucking Lance Archer, and then that was it. I just I don't know. I just feel like he. I don't even know. If, I think it's like I feel like they can't even just build around the company because I feel like there's other people that are bigger stars than him. Unfortunately, so it'd be kind of weird if they just booked it all around him, but I just feel like he just doesn't feel like a champion. Like, he was great as a chaser, but now, like, there's no focal point behind him, so he's just, like, a guy that has the championship. Yeah, I don't know. I love the Brian feud. I just wish that they would put... Like, I, I like the stuff he's involved in. What he's doing isn't bad, but it's the same thing with Big E. Just make it more prominent on the show. Why does Jericho and that type of stuff have to close out the show? Where Did, did, Sting, did Sting and the Acclaimed really have to close out the show last night? That was not a main event. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't a main event, though. 
I don't know, man. I would rather see the John Moxley stuff closed on the show. I was I was more interested in that. I thought that was a lot better. Not everyone has to interrupt. I mean, that was fine that no one interrupted. No one no one came out after Allen and Sting, so it's not like it would have ended any worse than that. So I don't know, man. Dynamite's got some issues right now. I mean, the the thing is, is that their issues are like the biggest things on the show. The stuff I like is like I don't even think it's a preference. I don't think I'm alone in saying that Jericho's material right now is fucking terrible. And Cody's stuff is fucking terrible. I mean, that's more polarizing because there's still a lot of people that will drink the Cody Kool-Aid for whatever reason. Because he mentioned turning heel and that's so great. And I actually had someone tell me, oh, it's so refreshing that he, he talks about this stuff on TV. I almost blocked the person. I'm like, are we serious? I mean, if you like that type of stuff, then... What'd you say? Use smart terms. It's funny. Someone tried to tell me that it's actually refreshing that the people that come over from WWE have a platform to complain about why WWE used them so poorly. Yet, that was the thing that people hated about Impact so much, and rightfully so for so many years, because people would leave WWE and go over, and they're like, oh, WWE buried me. And then they would just go on to Obscurity and Impact, and then we would never hear from them again. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I heard that same promo from Damian Sandow, and now he's collecting $10 in the NWA. So, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Those type of, oh, shoot on the on your former employer and show them what you missed out on is so tired. It's stupid. They're, they're talking about this war. The only war here is with themselves at this point. At this point, with NXT off the show, Triple H had a fucking heart attack. Like, just le- WWE's content is far from great. But just stop mentioning them. It's just so tired. Oh, they mentioned, what's his name? Gunther. Oh, man. Did they deserve it? Yeah. Did they need to mention it? No, it's just silly. It's like WWE going on Raw next week and saying, oh, GFY, hell, I could see how that's going to work. Like, okay, they're right because it's dumb, but do they really need to bring it up? No, it's unnecessary and it makes them look childish. It just makes it look like an inferior product. And I, I feel like that's the feeling I get from a lot of the promos on Dynamite, and it's sad. Yeah, I completely agree. It's just... It takes me out of it immediately. Oh, here's a perfect example. Everyone got mad because like someone in PR like made the comment about like the fucking self-mutilation thing yes. about the women's... That was like no one like it wasn't like Vince McMahon like was quoted. It was just someone from WWE had said that. Everyone got all bent out of shape about it. But then they do the stupid stuff like keep plugging WWE or keep putting. Oh, this is great. They're talking like you can't have a double standard. You can't be compl- like you can't get all bent out of shape when they say the self mutilation stuff. But then you're doing the same thing on your program. It's and it's not even like Vince McMahon's the one saying it. It's just like a PR person from WWE. But when Cody says it, everyone gets their panties in a wad. You know. <laughs> It was dumb what WWE said. It's dumb what AEW does it. It's just, it's it's dumb what anyone does it. Like, just focus on making your own product better. And if AEW really wants to be an alternative, I'm not saying ignore WWE. I like that they acknowledge that stuff happens over there. But the unnecessary, oh, it's developmental with the, with the Terry Taylor's class. I mean, didn't we get those jokes out of our system on being the elite like in 2019? Dude, it's 2020. At this point, you're a big boy company now. You're not an up-and-coming company. They're a big boy, million-dollar, million-viewers-a-week company with a TV deal. Let's stop the childish nonsense because it comes off very petty and very, very unnecessary, like I said. I just think it's dumb because they're like saying that they're like basically developmental and they're lower, but you just hired them. It makes no sense. But they put people on dark that have one match, one or two matches of worth of experience, and they do the same stuff. They they put people from Cody's Nightmare Factory, or whatever the hell you want to call it, on dark. There was a girl that had literally never wrestled before. They put on dark against Britt Baker in an awful match about a year ago. You know what I mean? I remember. They talk about oh. <laughs> remember her name what the fuck was her name oh i don't remember her name but i, I haven't seen her since i think uh some brooke havoc maybe i mean she's not even that yeah. awful but like 
They shouldn't have put her on the show. Like, you talk, oh, they're, they're training de- developmental and stuff like that. Dude, Dark is developmental. Wasn't Andrade on your developmental show, like, last week? What are you talking about? Some of their biggest stars are on Dark. Jay Lethal, he's, oh, he's, they talk about Red Dragon and when in wrist lock class or whatever. Jay Lethal's facing nobodies on Mondays on a YouTube show. What are you talking Wasn't about? Hangman on, wasn't Hangman on Dark recently? Yeah, but that was that wasn't against the that was like a that was part of the Saturday Battle of the Belts tapings or whatever. Like he and I forgot who we teamed up with. It was like him and Dark Order against I think the HFO, which was who cares? But that <laughs> that was I, I'll excuse that because they they that was a different type of show. But their average ele, ele, elevation rather or darks. Some of them, they have the big stars. Like, oh, I mean, they're facing Lewis. Like, dude, they're they're filming out of Universal Studios in Orlando, which is fine. I think that's cool. But then don't take shots at WWE for doing the same exact thing. It's like, I just, I don't get it. I just, it's a double standard and people don't, I don't know what's worse. Again, them calling, like them doing it or like the fans just accepting it as if it's okay. I, it's it's both, both ways it's awful. Yeah, they need to just focus on themselves and just keep going. Yeah, and on this last note, as we end here, I think what makes it more, the worst part about it for me, even more than what I just said, is the fact that I want this show to be good because I want a true alternative, and I think it is to WWE. I look forward to watching Dynamite on Wednesdays because it's not WWE, but then they just do dumb stuff that's just completely avoidable, so avoidable, and they're making the same mistakes that a lot of other companies that have made before, and they failed. I mean, look where Impact is. They're still existing, but barely. I mean, they they were on Twitch for like a thousand people a week watching their show, and I, I don't think AEW is going to get to that point. But they they can't be making the same mistakes. And I mean, listen, if the people keep drinking the Kool Aid and watching their show, and th- those people enjoy it, I guess that whatever I say is is completely irrelevant. But I don't know. I just want to watch the show and enjoy it. I have my issues with WWE too, but they they've been having those same issues for years. AEW, I expect better from them because it's a better show. Some of this stuff is just so avoidable, and uh, it's the same shit every time. So hopefully next week is better. We get the beach break. Is Johnny Gargano debut, you think, in Cleveland next Wednesday? For his sake, I hope not. <laughs> End up on Dark the next week against uh, Baron Black or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> <be> <laughs> I mean, I, I, it'd be cool, but like I said, I just... I'd rather, honestly, I'd I, rather have him show up as a one-off but not actually sign, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be... I mean, if they, Cody was a champion and they had like a one-off, yeah. like an open... Open. I mean, Cody. That's what you could have done. Maybe if you were actually not worried about your stupid reality show and the Go Big show, you could do the open challenge. Johnny Gargano could come out for a one out and actually be cool. Instead, you're doing dumb bullshit. Interim TNT title, dude. <sighs> Why? Because he's gone for a hot second. <laughs> he had COVID for a fucking two days. Like that was <laughs> dumb, anyways. That was very dumb. Very very dumb. I don't know. I hope they improve. Um, I think that would have been cool. I don't think he shows up, but it would be cool if he does. We'll find out next Wednesday. Either way, we'll be sitting right here talking about it next Thursday here on WrestleRant Radio. New episodes every Thursday. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, all that other stuff. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Like I said, new episodes every single Thursday. Find Mr. Marceau on the Twitter machine at RJ underscore Marceau, myself at WrestleRant. Uh, great time as always, Mr. Marceau. Did you get the ranting out of your system? Uh, oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> if you have anything else, be sure to text me. Oh, I will. Enjoy the rest of your day, brother. I'll catch you next week. <laughs>